You know, we get asked a lot whether we have any advice for young actors, and we really only have two bits of real advice. Um, one is do something else. And the second bit of advice is do something else. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 681, Advice for Actors. Okay, that was a bit of a joke, but it's, um, it's also true in that... If you go to ask any actor whether they have any advice for young actors, almost all of them say some version of that uh, particular advice. Reed Martin used to say, um, do you like engineering? Engineering's a great career. <laughs> and that's true. If, you, if there's anything else you love as much as you love acting, go do that, because chances are it, it will provide you a much more reliable uh, income over, over the years. That is, of course, the big challenge. There is your love of acting and your ability to make a living at it. And if the second part isn't that important to you, well, then there are many opportunities. Um, what I've always found is uh, you can't, I can't, I've never been able to make a living just doing one thing. So uh, I, for me, the, the, the reason I've been successful is as an actor is because I've created some of my own material to perform. One trap for an actor is, you know, waiting around for an audition or for someone to give you a job. So much better to create your own work whenever possible. At least it gives you something to do while you're waiting for your next opportunity. And it's also great not to limit yourself to just one thing. I've been able to do so many other things in the theater. I'm a playwright. I'm a director. That's actually the only one thing I'm actually trained to do. I got my MFA in directing. Um, I run a small business with Reed and I are the owners of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. I podcast. Not that that not, not that anybody pays me to do that. It's just something I enjoy. Um, I teach a little bit, not as much as others. I write uh, for the Folger Shakespeare Library. Um, I keep my hand in a lot of ways, and I many times I fantasize about about somebody paying me to, to just do one of those things. Could I just could I just make a living only as an actor, or only as a playwright, or only doing podcasts? Um, and it's kind of really a pointless exercise because I wouldn't enjoy doing only one thing. Uh, that's the <laughs> that's the tragedy of that uh, part of it. Uh, all of this has come to mind because I recently got into a, 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 a direct a message conversation, a private message conversation, with um, a, an RSC fan named Zach Gillum. On, and we were on Instagram, and he said he recently did an extract from the Complete Works of Shakespeare abridged for his GCSs and got a distinction, which is awesome. Congratulations, Zach. Um, and he said, I want... want he said, I wondered whether we'll ever come back for a UK tour, and I we're hoping to come back for a UK tour, and we are in conversations about that now, but we're all actually slightly concerned about uh, the Bre Brexit situation and what that will mean and how complicated that will, that will make things, so that is uh, slightly slowing down the conversations on that score. And then Zach asked us the question we always get, what what's the one piece of advice you would give to an aspiring theater actor? And... Um, 
And I gave him the same advice I gave to my daughter and every other person, which is do something else. The good thing is that's a very, that's a very flip response. And if you take that advice seriously, you were probably not meant to be an actor anyway. And if you say, hey, go to hell, old man, I'm going to do what I want, then that is the only, that's the right attitude to become an actor. You have to have a stubbornness. You have to uh, um, uh, go your own way. You have to do it because you are madly passionate about it, not because you think it's in any way a smart thing to do, which it isn't. My own daughter, God bless her, is studying theater in college now, and yes, uh, uh, focusing on being an actor now, but I also see her beginning to focus on other things, running a small company there at the, at, at, in her college, uh, in her department, um, uh, 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 branching out into other aspects of the business, directing, producing, um, uh, uh, being a literary manager. Um, she's on the improv team also out there. You know, she's developing a, a, a varied skill set, as they say. Um, and I think that is the only way to... Um, to to be successful, I mean, some of the best actors we know have the have the greatest skill sets and the and the greatest variety of interests in other things. I always say that uh, that uh, that a, a good actor is an interesting actor. You know, they have interests in other things other than show business or whatever. You know, they have aspects of their life that they can bring to their work that isn't just other performances of other. Um, by other actors that they can reference. Um, in improv, it's a thing that we talk about all the time. You know, you play to the top of your intelligence, and it's great if you have knowledge of a specific area or, you, you know, whatever you're, you're passionate about that isn't performing that you can bring into um, uh, your work. And in addition to having knowledge about things other than the theater, it's also incredibly valuable if you have if you have knowledge and experience in all other aspects of theater, including playing music. But um, if you can, if you are able to help out backstage, if you are able to do your job as an actor, knowing to hang your clothes up uh, after a performance because you once worked in the wardrobe department, and you were so sick of stupid actors throwing their clothes on the floor. You know, that just makes you a person that people want to work with. This is true in any job as well. Don't be a dick. Just who wants to work with somebody like that? Um, um, in addition to my private conversation with Zach on Instagram, um, I just wrote an article for uh, Broadway World um, called 10 Shakespeare Monologues for Auditions, uh, suggesting 10 monologues for men, men and women and whatever genders. And mixed in with the advice on what are some good audition monologues is other good advice um, for auditioning, not just for the Reduce Shakespeare Company, but for anybody, you know, treat the proctor who signs you in as cheerfully and respectfully as you treat the directors in the room. Don't be so locked into your performance that you aren't able to adjust it if an actor gives you something different or if a director makes a different suggestion. Um, you know, you, we, want you, we want you to be knowledgeable and talented in what you're doing, but also able to kind of roll with whatever's happening. Um, so great as an actor to have other skills in your toolbox, um, musical instruments, improv, combat, clowning. Is there a stupid human trick that you do at parties? Um, uh, you know, it, 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 any, anything that makes you distinct, anything that emphasizes your uniqueness. You know, um, Mr. Rogers said it. 
there is nobody quite like you. And so you might as well be the most you you can be because that's what people are going to be interested in, not how much you are like somebody else. Uh, the other thing is just don't lie on your resume. Showbiz is a very small world. <laughs> and everybody knows everybody or at least you're one or two degrees away from knowing everybody. So we, we will find you out. And I don't know whether this is such a thing anymore. I used to be wary of people who used to have on their resumes a bunch of credits from a bunch of different theaters, but sort of only one show at each theater, which made me think, well, wait, why are they not hiring him back? Why is, why is this actor bouncing around from theater to theater to theater? Now, that is, I'm, not, I'm less wary of that as I used to be because I, I realized, well, this is a gig economy. You know, everybody has to jump around, and theaters don't like to cast the same people every now and then. Um, but uh, it, it is, uh, it's, it's something to look out for. I don't want that to be a, a tell that maybe, uh-oh, people don't like working with him. He seems to work once and then move on. He doesn't get hired back. Why, why is that? Anyway, just things to look for. And the other thing I would suggest is that the, you, you learn by doing. You learn by doing. You can take as many classes as you want, but if the classes are um, not allowing you to get up and do it, um, I, 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 I question their value. I, you know, I, I think the, you know, some of the best training in the world is you and your friends actually just putting on a show somewhere, finding the room, selling the tickets, making, you know, getting an audience, um, getting the show up, real, figuring out how, figuring out whether what you think is happening in rehearsal is actually translating to an audience. Um, cause there's the, there's the experience of doing it with your friends in the rehearsal hall. Um, and then there's the experience of putting it up on stage. Sometimes we will have, um, out of necessity, but sometimes out of choice, a shorter rehearsal period than is maybe ideal, <laughs> a, a more reduced rehearsal period. Um, but we've, we always kind of take that in stride because there's at a certain point you have to get up and do it in front of an audience because that's what we're here for. We're not here to do it in, in a room by ourselves. Um, you need to get your first performance under your belt because then you can really begin to start working on your performance. Sometimes, you know, in a high school or a college, sometimes you only get a weekend or two of, of performances. But ideally, you will graduate to a situation in the real world where you are able to you know, put on a show that runs for weeks and weeks and weeks or runs for a couple weeks and then you take some months off and then it runs again, which is frequently the case with us. Hello, I'm Adrian Scarborough and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. In the first half of 2020, we'll be performing the complete works of William Shakespeare Abridged Revised, Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel, and the complete history of comedy abridged in Pachogan, New York, Clinton Township, Michigan, Arcata, California, Washington, Pennsylvania, Reston, Virginia, Whitewater, Wisconsin, Batavia, Illinois, Lynchburg, Virginia, and then we will kick off the summer for two weeks at the Hartford Stage Company in Connecticut. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performances 
month's dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for a specific box office venue and ticket information. So as you just heard, this first half of 2020, we are um, bringing back our show, The Complete History of Comedy Abridged, for performances in Michigan and, uh, let's see, Wisconsin and Illinois. And that's a show we haven't done in two or three years. And it's, it's always the recurring challenge for us is to put the show back up on its feet and have it have the same sort of energy and electricity that it had when we were running it continuously two or three years ago. Um, uh, in this case, Dominic Conti talks about this all the time, which is that when you are memorizing your lines, try to memorize it, not necessarily with blocking, but with using your whole body to, to, to emphasize, emphasize different lines. Um, um, not that you're doing a, a commedia performance, but that you that you are getting literally getting the the script and the words into your muscles. Um, um, so you have a, a number of different muscles that can remember help you remember um, the lines and the intent behind the lines. Um, our shows tend to be fairly physical anyway, and and comedy is certainly possibly one of our most physical shows. Um, but for instance, we're also doing um, uh, two performances of uh, Hamlet's Big Adventure this spring in Pennsylvania and in Reston, Virginia in March. And, and that'll be fun because we haven't done that since Israel. So that'll be a four-month break. Um, so it's a bit of a break, but not a, over years. But we haven't we haven't had a good long run of Hamlet's Big Adventure just yet, except for the five performances in, uh, in Israel. So bringing it back for two performances will, again, be a great exercise in keeping these things fresh in in your mind and your memory. You know, how what kinds of tricks you can use to keep a performance in your head is uh, and in your body is uh, these are again, these are things that will help a long-term career. As I'm sitting here recording this, I put it out on Twitter that I am uh, taking questions from people, if anybody has has any, while I'm still recording. And the first question I got is, when are you touring the UK again from Liz Marston? And with four question marks, so you know she's serious. Um, I've already recorded most of the answer to that, um, uh, uh, but we definitely want to bring Hamlet's Big Adventure over there, and we were talking about trying to bring it over there this summer of 2020 to Edinburgh. Uh, with a tour to follow, but again, it's the it's it's the Brexit situation. Honestly, the the it, but again, it's the Brexit situation that's making things just a little more complicated to figure out than than is usual. Um, but one of the great things you can do uh, to ensure that we come back is call your local venues in the UK or anywhere anywhere and say, please bring back the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Um, it's frequently we we say how come you never tour here anymore why don't you want to and it's n- n- rarely up to us not usually up to us we will go almost wherever we're asked um uh, so uh, we, we we would love to do another UK tour um, uh, or another sit down in London or uh, come to the Fringe. Definitely, we want to do that. I also got a question from Bob Linfors, at Bob Linfors on Twitter, who has a very <laughs> not at all random question. Who do you guys think is the second most selfish person in Hamlet? His students will be answering this in an essay in this coming up semester. Um, well, first of all, who's the most selfish person in Hamlet? Um is it 
Claudius for killing the king and taking his queen? Um, is it Gertrude for helping him? Question mark. Um, who is it? Uh, is it Hamlet himself for sucking up all the energy in the room and uh, uh, soliloquizing instead of just revenging his father's death like he's been asked or commanded? Um, that's a very good question. It's is I, I'd never thought of uh, Hamlet um, as a play about generosity or selfishness. I haven't thought about it in those terms. Um, maybe we can get a, maybe we can get a thread going on Twitter about that. Finally, getting back to uh, Zach's original question, what advice do we have for young actors? Um, Sadly, there is no single bit of advice because there is no single one way of succeeding in theater or in showbiz. There's so many different avenues, so many different ways to uh, find success. And success is, is, is defined in so many ways. So you've got to find, uh, you know, determine the definition of success that uh, uh, works for you and just keep plugging away. Do, do, do. Uh, collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Uh, find really talented people with great attitudes and work with them, and they will make you better. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Send us your advice for actors or anybody via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Thanks, as always, to Beyond Advice, Matthew Croak, Web Services by Ginger Power Limited, Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Brad Bidorf. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Adrian Scarborough from Gavin and Stacey, Killing Eve, The King's Speech, and dozens of plays at the National Theatre in London, who followed my most important advice for an actor, which is to just be insanely talented. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 681, 2043rds of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. See you next decade. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.